Welcome to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Caravans, campervans, motorhomes and more. It's the place to get hints, tips and impartial advice from the expert himself, Matt Sims. Brought to you by thatleisureshop.com. Join us on the journey with Motorhome Matt. Do you own a motorhome, caravan, campervan or tent? Head to thatleisureshop.com for all your outdoor living essentials. Camping furniture, cookware, spares, e-bikes and more. Visit us in store in North Somerset at BS24 6RT or shop online and get free delivery on all orders over £150. Everything you need for your next outdoor adventure. Thatleisureshop.com Enjoy the journey. I'm here in Coventry at the head offices of the Camping and Caravanning Club. Uh, beautiful they are too. And I'm here with the lovely Simon McGrath. Now, Simon is um, Head of Communications and External Relations at the club. A very important role. How long have you been here now? Well, I've actually been at the club for 14 years. Um, I joined in 2008 and um, I've never looked back. I've had a fantastic time. I, I started my career at the club as as the editor-in-chief of the magazine. Um, that was a real privileged uh, position to hold and great fun too. And yeah, as you said, I'm now head of communications and external relations. Yeah. And again, I, I love it. And where were you before you joined the club? I don't actually know that. Well, I've been a journalist now for over 30 years. I started in newspapers and then moved into magazines, a fairly kind of usual path in that sense. But I've always had a passion for travel and a passion for the outdoors and combining it all. And I've always really wanted to enjoy my work and, and feel that that was an extension of, of what I love doing. And I think I've just been really lucky to have, a, to have the chance in my career to do jobs that I've, I've loved, broadly speaking, and certainly at the club. I've just had, you know, it is all about people's passions and their pastimes and holidays and getting active outdoors. And, and those are things that just mean so much to me. So it's lovely to, to combine that, that work aspect, if you like, with, with passion. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's me. That's a dream job, isn't it, for you? It's fantastic. So can you tell us a bit more about the club? What, what is it and why does it exist? For those that don't know of the Camping and Caravanning Club, just give us a quick background. Well, the Camping and Caravanning Club is the oldest organisation of its kind in the world for all types of camping. It was founded in 1901 from, from humble origins, but it's grown enormously, particularly in more recent years, as camping and caravanning and motoring has become really, really popular. It's a membership organisation, so we run it for our members and it's run by our members, and they're very involved in our overall governance, but we're a not-for-profit body. Uh, so all our profits that we do make get pumped back into the club for the benefit of our members and, and, a, and a large amount of that is actually back into the club for uh, to develop and enhance and, and bring on new club sites and improve camping facilities for all our members. And we have something like today, we have about three quarters of a million members. Um, we have a wonderful track record of just being great advocates of, of all the benefits that the outdoors brings for that there the physical and mental health and well-being benefits that's really a key part of our dna and we we have some very famous past presidents as well i mean go back through the years scott of the antarctic was our president lord baden powell the founder of the scouts and then more recently dr david bellamy the famous environmentalist and ecologist and 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 then now today julia bradbury the tv presenter she's our current president so and i think you know there are a huge amount of benefits of of being a member of the club but, but fundamentally is it's about 
you know, joining an organisation of like-minded people that want to get out there and enjoy camping in all its different forms. And, and if someone joins the club, what do they get? And what does it cost and what do they get for joining? Well, we have two kind of uh, membership prices, if you like. We have a digital membership at £45, and that's, that's a paperless type of membership, and, and that's important. A lot of people kind of want that now. Um, so you would get a monthly magazine, a, a you know, cabin and caravanning magazine, which I used to edit. That's available on digital platforms as well as a print version. Now, if you are a, more of a paper-based member, that would cost you £50 a year. But I think fundamentally what you're getting in there, you're, you're getting access to an awful lot more besides you're getting a range of discounts and they're really important so you, you get discounts on our club sites uh, versus a non-member rate and really it doesn't take many days of actually camping on a club site to uh, to recoup your your initial membership fee you also get discounts in terms of um, products and services with our partners so for example go outdoors or Cotswold outdoor you can get substantial discounts on products with those guys so again you can quickly recoup your initial membership outlay and then you also have access to our wonderful campsite network. There's, we have over 1,200 small certificated sites uh, that are the sort of five-band sites. 1,200? We are an organisation that has what we call the, an exemption certificate. So we can allow landowners such as farmers or maybe pub landlords even to operate and run a small campsite no more than five caravans or motorhomes uh, a night and, and I think it's up to 10 tents and these are often in tucked away little places uh, in the countryside often hideaway spots uh, but you have to be a member to use them so they're exclusive to members often quite with minimal facilities but when you look at the network of certificated sites it's, it's wonderful there's so much choice there yeah and they're often in really beautiful locations as well aren't they they are. I've, I've used them many times. And one of the personal faves is when you find a nice certificated site in a pub garden, you know, at the <laughs> bottom of a pub garden. And it's, and it's wonderful. You've got the best of both worlds there. If you've got a nice pub, you get a nice meal, you know, maybe some local brews too. And actually, you haven't got far to go at the end of a good evening uh, to, to get back to your, to, to your motorhome or your, your camper van, yeah. your caravan. It's, it's, they're brilliant. They are great. I've stayed at several. So alongside the certificated sites where there's a restriction on how big they are, which is one of the appeals for many, isn't it? Because they are smaller, much simpler. You've also got a whole range of kind of family activity based sites as well. Tell me about those. Yes, yeah, so we have 99 what we call club sites. They are kind of uh, much bigger sites. They're across the UK. We try to keep a nice, consistent approach to what members or non-members will find when they arrive. They tend to be quieter than, say, holiday parks or, or other bigger commercial sites. So we don't necessarily have clubhouses on them where you get all the entertainment. But for us, it's about making sure we've got club sites in fantastic locations around the UK that are in the countryside. And we know that they are literally will put our members on the doorstep of, of, of the great outdoors for them to then go and enjoy whatever pastimes it is that they enjoy doing. Now, that might be some mountain biking or some cycling. It might just be a gentle stroll through the countryside. It might be, you know, bashing up a mountain. It could be canoe camping. You know, there's lots and lots of different activities that we know our members love, and our club sites are really well-placed to for people to pitch up and really enjoy their own kind of time, as well as it being great spots just to reconnect with people, friends and family, and just have, you know, create really lovely, lasting memories. And are you seeing the number of sites or the number of people that want to open a campsite and become a club 
member or host, a host site, is that what you call them? Certainly when it comes to the certificated sites, the smaller sites, we are seeing greater interest in them because Mm. obviously when the nation left Europe as as a member of the EU, um, obviously, farmers had to look at you know, have to look at different ways to diversify. So, campsites are one such way that they can you know dive, diversify and, and, and generate different streams of income. So, we are seeing more interest in that type of thing. But I also think there is a, a far greater kind of movement of of the people wanting to get more involved with the outdoor lifestyle. Mm. Certainly, the last you know two and a half years have really demonstrated the importance of of, of getting into the, the fresh air enjoying a more active lifestyle outside and and you know as you know matt campsites are wonderfully placed to 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 put people out there and, and and for them to enjoy that and i think that's become really really important and never more so than in the last couple of years definitely i i live on the mendips in north somerset as you know and from our front garden we have a fantastic view and we saw a huge influx of people walking up the hill uh, and kind of invading our privacy, you know. And we, we were that we were those people shouting, "Get off our land!" It's not our land at all. But you know, the car parks around where we live were heaving during lockdown. But we promised ourselves we wouldn't talk <laughs> about the last two years too much, and that we wanted to talk about the future because we're both positive guys. So, in terms of the future, we, we've talked about growth in campsites. We, that's really exciting and. If you're a farmer listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of diversifying with a campsite, I'd say go for it and, and get in touch with, with the club and find out how you can do that. Um, we just need more of them. I mean, that's a different topic. Perhaps we'll touch on that in a minute. But in terms of future, we've seen a boom, haven't we, in people coming into our wonderful niche of it's been our, our secret and it's out. People have gone out and bought a caravan, bought, you, know, you bought a motorhome just very recently we've seen this huge growth but what do you think the future holds over the next one to three years and maybe in 10 years time i think the the, the future is really bright and, and and i think you know we know matt that camping is cool i mean you, you're <laughs> right the secret is out there i mean i mean and and i think the nation has really responded to that but i i track that back even further i i, I think that it, it was well over a decade ago that that kind of you know that that whole vibe around camping being cool again kind of came out and that was really important because i think it set a lot of people on that on that path to changing their lifestyles to getting outdoors more to 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 improving their mental health and well-being i think i think more people are going to embrace it and when you look at how the world is hopefully normalizing again as we go forward i think you know overseas travel will bounce back uh, you know it's undoubtedly doing that and that's important people will want to go back to spain or greece or wherever it was that they were going before but but what we hope at the club is that that people really enjoyed their time camping so much with us in the last few years that they will still continue to do that in addition to maybe yeah. going on their two-week summer holiday as well overseas and i think that's really important it's, it's so important for people to to have good experiences when they're out there on our campsites um, enjoying the, the countryside and their surroundings enjoying the, the activities that they decide to do but also that whole vibe of being in a place with like-minded people that are friendly obviously the sun always shines it always <laughs> shines in this country uh, that that's that's a fact but you know it's it's kind of what you make of it and and i think we will see people growing and at the club we are still seeing our membership numbers growing and continue to grow and that's a really positive barometer for us with that boom comes some challenges though you know what are the challenges campsites have been facing over the last couple of years and and perhaps over the next 
coming couple of years, do you think? Well, I think, you know, it depends how far you want to cast out your crystal ball, really. But, I mean, the, the last couple of years have been challenging on lots of fronts. And for us, it was all, you know, it was looking at and understanding how we can open and operate our sites safely with, with COVID protocols and in place across four nations. You know, we have campsites ac- across the UK, in the Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland and England. Uh, but obviously, public health is a devolved matter there. Uh, so what we found is that you've got different rules and different laws that suddenly applied to the whole pandemic period that were different across all four nations so that was a that was a big challenge and obviously then you've got new people coming onto sites that maybe have never camped before making sure that they you know they know how they're 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 doing things correctly that they're enjoying their new equipment they might have bought a brand new tent but not not sure how to pitch it making sure that we had lots of information to help with that and obviously also you know ensuring that, that they understood more campsite etiquette you know how to go about things in certain ways but without it being too prescriptive without being too many rules driven and so on and, and the, so it's, it's been you know a big educational process for us as well particularly with with newcomers to the pastime but embracing them as well and welcoming them to what is a fantastic pastime but and then if you look further afield, you know, look, you know, a few years down the line, then one of the big challenges for the whole industry is going to be electrification of vehicles and how yeah. we move forward with that. I've got so many questions around this and we're digging out people to interview for, for the podcast because I'm just, I'm so confused by it. I mean, how, how are we going to do it? I mean, there's broad questions, isn't there, about our electrical infrastructure and, and, and the power capability of the UK to charge everyone with an electric car. I mean, there's lots of innovation needed, and neither of us know the answers. You know, we were talking earlier about caravans that drive themselves on the back of the car. They, they self-propel. I mean, that, that's just phenomenal, but such a lot has to change. I mean, what, what do you think we're in for with electric cars, towing caravans, electric motorhomes, electric camper vans? What, what are the considerations that we need to be thinking about? Well, it's one that at the club we're certainly watching really closely. Before we know it, 2030 will be here. The law will change in terms of our ability to buy a brand new diesel or, or you know, unleaded petrol vehicle. Um, that's going to be quite a big game changer. But I think what we're seeing is a lot of innovation already and a lot of conversations and discussions being had at both government level and at tourist board and tourist body level. So I sit on a number of different organisations on behalf of the club um, I'm sort of privy to this, the sort of issues that will get raised there regularly. And, and I know that across the UK, it's regularly being discussed as to how, for example, campsites or tourism generally will cope with such big changes that are coming down the line. I think, you know, we know that campsites are in mostly in very rural locations. The electricity grid can't necessarily provide all the uh, energy that's needed at this stage so those are big infrastructure issues and government issues that that will have to be looked at then of course there's the individual vehicles and the ability of a of a of, a, of an electric vehicle or a hybrid to tow a, a caravan um, and and the good news there is we're doing a lot of work on our tow car awards program uh, which is an annual awards program looking at the very issue of how hybrids and electric cars perform as tow cars um, so there's an awful lot of changes there's a lot of challenges there but the, 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 I think the good thing is that we as an industry and as the wider automotive industry is very innovative mm. and change will have to happen and it will have to happen fast and I think it's beholden to us to adapt and move with those times but also to make sure we uh, are 
helping our members understand the options because there will be options beyond 2030 i think personally think that you know the second hand market for diesel cars and you know uh, petrol cars will be you know pretty buoyant for years to come because yeah. of that move um, and not everyone can afford a brand new car uh, anyway so you know i think this is although 2030 is there in the distance um, and there's a lot to do between now and then there's also you know, change will happen gradually after that as well. Mm -hmm. and, and I think these are important things to monitor. But the, the key thing is, from the club's perspective, is we're very much dialed into the discussions that are going on at a higher level, if you like, than, than us on behalf of our members. That's that, And that's great to hear. And it's really important you are as well, because you can, you can curry favour and, and influence decisions that are happening at a government level, can't you? Uh, but that's something that's really, really important. You make a valid point there about you know, people affording a brand new electric car, you know, they're not cheap. Car prices are going up, even at the moment, you know, the new cars are in short supply. So second-hand cars are, are, are climbing in value at the moment. But let's talk briefly about the rising cost of living, because, you know, this is a factor which has, is, I think, is a double-edged sword for a camping holiday, be that in a tent or in a motorhome or caravan. You know, for some people, that trip abroad to you know if they're going to sort of exclusive sites you know countries you know america or australia they're they're expensive they're you know they're a high cost investment and in fact even going to spain i've i've four kids and we costed up a you know a package holiday to spain for this summer seven thousand pounds and you know for an all-inclusive holiday well it's like no my kids would rather have 20 camping holidays in a motel we can't afford that many holidays in time but you know they would rather have that than go to spain my one of my daughters would disagree with that i can hear her now saying dad that's not true <laughs> but the cost of living is, is so it's a double-edged sword for some people they will they will come into our niche and 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 have a camping holiday whereas for others Actually, the camping holiday with towing the caravan or driving the motorhome actually becomes a financial challenge. So there's kind of two camps, isn't there? What's, what, do you, what do you have to say about that? Well, it is a challenge um, without doubt, and it's something that affects every one of us. And, and, and as a membership organisation, we're very conscious of the fact that our members are going to be impacted by what they're seeing on a daily basis is, is, is rising costs, whether that's fuel costs or whether that's the cost of food. Or I think camping in all its different forms, but particularly tent camping, is very affordable. Membership of the club, hope you know, I like to think is very affordable, especially when you look at the discounts and how you can quickly, effectively offset your costs there. We as an organisation would always look at ways to give our members advice and tips on the best ways to buy uh, whatever it is you're looking to buy, whether that's a tent, a small tent, up to the biggest motorhome and everything in between. So we have some fantastic technical staff here who, who really do have their finger on the pulse when it comes to the market rates of costs, how to buy sensibly and smartly. We have a brilliant magazine team and a great magazine that, that will always share the latest products and services and also look at you know uh, look at the more affordable ones too but I, I think it's something that affects us all and we just have to sort of see how that pans out certainly we're going to very closely monitor our members tra travel trends when it comes to touring because you know we, we, we we've kind of coined a phrase here a bit you know about one tank touring and, and will people be traveling you know, shorter distances to campsites to get away for a weekend, whereas before they might have gone, you know, 100, 150 miles for a so, weekend. So one tank touring, you mean fuel tank? Yeah, one one fuel tank. So in other words, you know, you pretty much know what it costs to go down to the petrol station and fill up with fuel. 
And actually, how far can you get with that, whether that's filling up your camper van with fuel or whether that's then putting a, a caravan on the back of your tow car and off you go. So it's going to be a really interesting trend to just to see, you know, if you've got a week away, I've got a week coming up and I'm actually deciding, you know, we, we're going to go a couple of hundred miles up to the Lake District from home and we, we're going to stay put. But a lot of people will actually look at a week and think, well, we could get three campsites in there at, at any one time. Will that three campsites across seven days actually drop down to two campsites and they stay put a bit longer? They're not traveling so far. They're not spending as much on fuel. So these are really important trends that we, we want to watch and, and, and keep an eye on just to see what mem our members and other campers are up to in terms of how they are themselves responding to, to the rising you know, costs of, of, of all prices. Um, so it's a very difficult period in that sense. You know, we're very mindful of it, we're very conscious of it. Our members are very cost conscious. Um, and we've got to make sure we really keep, you know, keep up to date and keep giving those tips and advice to members about how they can save a bit of money. And you talk about the advice that the club offers. I have to say, the website and the magazine are just phenomenally rich with content, helpful hints, tips, how-tos, you know, from emptying a toilet cassette to pitching a tent and, and even parking a caravan. You know, there's so much help on there. And that the membership's worth it just for that, in my opinion. It's a massive resource. And if you've not join the club I would highly commend you to do so because you are going to get such a lot of benefit even if you never actually visit a campsite which of course you will so Rob you were away last week in your own camper van tell me about how you bought your camper van this is really this is this amused me I'm glad it amused you Matt the great thing about when my time when I was editor-in-chief of the magazine uh, I, I had this privileged job of being able to test the latest products coming onto the market and that could have been a little lightweight tent um, but it could have also been a great big, you know, motorhome worth worth tens of thousands of pounds, and 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 it was fantastic to to be able to do that on behalf of members and 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 actually make sure that the magazine was covering that. Then I changed roles, and it was a, it was a great opportunity for me to 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 do the role I do now. But the the downside was I stopped being able to test all these wonderful products, brand new latest products coming onto the market. So. Mrs. McGrath uh, and I had a good sit down. We said, well, look, this isn't great. So we started having discussions around um, what we wanted to buy. And the, the cut a long story short, we, we knew what we wanted. We wanted a you know, high-sided panel van conversion. We, wanted, we kind of knew the layout, you know, years of testing different models. And we knew exactly what we wanted. Our, our two sons are older. They're both away at university. So really it's time for my wife and I, Paula, and Paula had very fixed ideas what she wanted. But then, of course, the pandemic struck. Mm. And like so many of us, we just kind of like, right, we pulled our belts in. We didn't know what was going to happen. We put the camper van the, the, uh, on ice. And then it got about a year in, and we just thought, you know what? Why have we put this on ice? We've got to get on with living. You know, again, we've got to start going back to normal as much as we can. And it was one Saturday morning. My wife, she's a great researcher. She's often on her phone. She just turned to me in the kitchen. I remember it well. And she said, I found it. And I said, what have you found? And she said, I've, I found our motorhome. <laughs> I said, oh, come on. You know, and, 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 you know, this had gone quiet for a few weeks. And it just came out of the blue. But she had. And it was the first and only one we looked at. It was a second-hand uh, auto sleeper Warwick. Strangely enough, it was quite local to where we live uh, in Northamptonshire, and and Paula actually knew the family from her school days uh, oh, right. that was selling it. And it was a, a chap's pride and joy. He looked after it 
brilliantly, but he just got to the point, him and his wife, where they just just felt they couldn't couldn't keep it going. And he was really pleased to sell it to us because he knew we would love it, and we do. And it just gets us out as much as we can now, and it's 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 great fun. I'm obviously an advocate of of, of everything to do with camping and caravanning, but you know what? On a personal level, it's been a brilliant buy. And the bit that amused me is that you bought it at what we discussed was the peak of pricing post-COVID. Motome shot through the roof, didn't they, with their pricing? And there you are with all your expertise, insights and knowledge. And you're one of those going off and buying a Motome right at the point they hit the price point peak. I know. Would you believe it? I mean, you really would expect better from from someone with with a job that I have. But you know what? It kept, Matt, it came down to that thing of when is the best time to buy one well you know what i think for us is just get on and do it yeah absolutely do it now and that's what we did we we stopped procrastinating we just wanted to get on with it and we just had to accept that yes prices were probably at an all-time high certainly at that point um and and sadly they they are still on the rise but we just had to get on with it and we we haven't looked back there so other than a campsite that's a a certified site in a pub garden (laughs) Where do you love to go in your camper van? Well, we, we love anywhere with uh, with mountains. With we, my wife and I love the, the the high places of the UK. So if you can give us a, a, a dramatic backdrop, that's where we love going. The kind of places that we've pitched up, uh, we, we were big fans of the Peak District National Park, so we walk there a lot. Hayfield Club site, uh, just on the edge uh, of uh, the wonderful little town of Hayfield in the Peak District is definitely one of our favorites i've camped there many times it was the first site we went to with our with our new van you know i mean we also love snowdonia we we, we love camping over there scotland as well only last weekend we were on the coast at west runton on the, on the lovely north norfolk coast and again some nice big long walks much flatter it's just it's just about getting away from home i think sometimes getting out there and, and actually each time it feels special and yeah. uh, and i and i i love every minute of it and it's so good for the soul, isn't it? We were in Anchorage uh, two weekends ago, and just for a few nights, four, four or five days, and yeah, honestly, it felt like we'd been away for a fortnight. It just does something to you, doesn't it? You're a published author as well. I didn't know this, so tell me a little bit about the book. Again, it comes back to having just this this, this wonderful career, the dream job of of being able to combine camping and the outdoors with with work. And what I found is as over the years, I just accumulated some wonderful family holidays, some great memories, some brilliant features that we fed through into the magazine and published there. And the AA is a big publisher, and they, they kind of got in touch. Um, uh, an idea that the then editorial director had about a book, which she'd named loosely Camping with Kids, uh, and that stuck. You know, we discussed it. We didn't want a kind of technical manual. We didn't want it to be, this is how you pitch a tent, and this is what you do here. We wanted it to inspire people. So the book Camping with Kids was published about five years ago. Uh, The foreword is by our president, Julia Bradbury, and it draws together over 400 ideas of basically uh, getting young people, kids, active in in the great outdoors, relearning skills that we kind of seem to be uh, at risk of losing. Um, you know, not tying, but how to do it with, with in, in fun ways. It's broken down into different sort of chapters that, that, you know, would be about getting outdoors and exploring, so how to navigate and learn to map read. There's a lot of different themes in there. There's over 40 uh, recipes that we've got aimed at kids and campsites. You know, it draws upon all those experiences that I've had, but also friends and family have had, and, and, and even uh, my mother-in-law 
would you believe it my mother-in-law was a great help with with the book because she was a guide leader for over 30 years and there were some things in that, that that I wanted to capture from her memory of how she did stuff with girl guides you know back back in her time as a leader she's now retired from that it was all brought together um, it's on sale. You can buy it uh, on uh, you know all sorts of uh, digital platforms like Amazon sells it. All good bookshops. It's been pretty popular, so it's gone through a reprint and now it's just gone into a second edition, um, wow. which is great. And I'm very proud of it. And Matt, you wait for it here. It's on sale as well in Australia and New Zealand. I'm going to order a copy and I'm going to post it to you to sign for me. <laughs> I'm impressed. That's brilliant. So. Simon, thank you so much for your time today. Just to wrap up, how can people find out more about the club and and can be encouraged to join? Well, it's, it's really quite simple. I mean, if, if you're online, go, you know, search the Camping and Caravanning Club, go to our website. As, as you said earlier, there's a wealth of information there, but there's a lot of information about aimed at people that are just new to camping that just want to start out on that and 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 have a read talk to other people as well you know if you want to get started um talk to people and it doesn't have to be expensive i think that's a really important thing just to get your foot on that camping ladder just think about ways of of maybe borrowing a tent from friends or family so many people have got one in the back of the garage that kind of thing it doesn't have to be a lot of money to get started just take the plunge if you've got a garden maybe pitch the tent in the garden with the kids just to try it for the first time it's how my two started you know it's 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 great fun but there's so much advice and help out there and you know what the club as we said earlier has been around you know 121 years we have a wealth of knowledge and expertise but we like to kind of share that wealth of knowledge in a really friendly non-technical way so yeah just join the club and and find out more get started get involved Simon McGrath you're a credit to the club you're a credit to the industry thank you very much this is a tale of two motorhomes Eric and Lucy oh, I'm Eric lonely tired neglected bits falling off Lucy here life is sweet I look fabulous I earn my owners thousands of pounds taking families away for little holidays and I'm looked after by Motorhome Holiday Company Motorhome Holiday Company no one wants a poor Eric let yours be a Lucy speak to us about the storage maintenance and rental of your motorhome visit Motorhome Holiday Company Thanks for listening to the Motorhome Matt podcast. Remember to check back here for more episodes full of hints and tips and helpful advice. We'll see you soon for another Motorhome Matt podcast brought to you with thatleisureshop.com.